I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this episode of The Ziggler Show, I go behind the scenes with blogger, speaker, business coach, and author Jonathan Milligan to hear what daily routines and habits he most values. He cites his morning as paramount, but he takes it from personal right into specific work activities as well that he guards just for the morning. And it was enough to get me rethinking my own morning tasks and when I do my best creative or really I thought creating work and when I should do everything else. Welcome everyone. I'm Kevin Miller and this is the Ziggler show where our focus is increasing your performance in your personal and professional life, drawing straight from the legacy of one of the most inspiring leaders of our age, Zig Ziggler. And this is the habits episode I do with almost every guest because what you hear is all these leaders and high achievers are just real regular people. They're not special, but they are real regular people who get superior results from their lives because they choose to do special things, things you can do too. Jonathan Milligan was with me in episode 841, which I highly recommend you hear. He has a new book called Your Message Matters. That was, of course, our primary muse. In this episode, when I asked Jonathan what his most valued daily routine is, he shared the concept of maker mornings and manager afternoons. And it was getting your creative work done earlier. And as with any guidance, there are, of course, exceptions. You may find yourself doing creative work late at night or other times. I surely have. But by far and large, we do find the brain seems to be better equipped, prepped, for creative thinking earlier in our days before all the minutia starts screaming at us. Jonathan also shares a lot of behind the scenes info on how he runs his growing business and keeps himself where he needs to be with healthy habits and routines. If you want to connect with him more, you can find him at jonathanmilligan.com. If you're new to The Ziggler Show, it is one of my three podcasts. You can find them all and more at my website, kevinmiller.co. 
or on any social media at Kevin Miller CO. At the website, you'll find some show highlights and resources and the videos of me with my guests and co-hosts. You can find those on the YouTube channel as well at Kevin Miller CO. My motive podcast is my flagship where here on the Ziggler show, we talk a lot about what people have done in my motive podcast. We talk about why their reasons for doing all they have done good and bad. I believe motive is a root issue of all personal development and one we as a culture are missing. Then I have the True Life Podcast, where my co-host, Dr. Randy James, and I talk about your health and wellness, but more importantly, the psychology of striving to be well in our unwell culture. The point is not health and wellness in and of itself, but as a means to an end. If you want your life running at top notch, you need to be too. All right, friends, here are some offerings for you. Then we'll get started with Jonathan Milligan and his habits for success. Well, Jonathan, I've started doing this show, recrafting a little bit on just where I end up a lot more curious is I know, I think everybody having the show, they've got some intentional habits and routines to get a positive uh, result in all the spokes of the Ziggler Wheel of Life. But what are the ones that it's kind of like we talked about you in the first show we did together in 841 talked about you've got your eight attributes of a messenger, but you said they don't have to have them all. And sometimes they'll have one that's so big it can overcompensate for the others. In the same vein of thinking, what are your top habits and routines? If you look at your day, especially a cramped, tight day where you just can't fit everything in, but man, you're not going to miss these key habits, routines. What bubbles up top of the list for you? Yeah. So for me, it is my morning success ritual. That's so key and foundational. I mean, it's a two hour process for me, but it's that important. And then, um, you know, how I structure my day as someone who uh, isn't, you know, running my own business, but I have employees. So structuring my day to, for me to be able to get my work done while also managing and communicating with employees, that's kind of the big picture. We can go specific. Well, two hour into, morning success, Rachel, I want to know what's happening in two hours. It's a good, that's a yeah. good, good spot. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that's the, you know, um, it's probably nothing new and exciting, but this is mine. It's, it's, it's the old sharpening the saw that, um, Stephen Covey talks about, yeah. but it's, uh, it's the spiritual, mental, and the physical is the way that I look at it. And so I start typically, I brew a cup of coffee, sit down at my kitchen table and I journal. So I will, I will journal for about 10 or 15 minutes. And, uh, then the next thing that I like to do is I like to have a book that I'm reading. So that's kind of the little bit more, I guess you can, those two can be wrapped up into the mental, but I just like maybe spend 10 or 15 minutes in a book. I'm taking notes. Um, always got a book that I'm reading. Um, from there, I, uh, will study the scriptures. So I like this little scripture journal. It's uh, called an ESV scripture journal where you can get just like a particular book of the Bible and it has, you know, verses on one side, the other sides are just lines. And so I can just, you know, circle words, go deep into it again, probably another 15 uh, minutes into that um, process. And so really that part right there takes about an hour. And then from there, I will actually go and work out. So I've got um, treadmill and things at the home. I've got a room just for working out. And uh, typically, that's uh, usually right now, it's, it's jogging a couple of miles every morning. 
um, on that aspect and then go take a shower and get ready for my day. So that, that really helps me to kind of, uh, I've checked in with myself mentally, spiritually, physically, and now I'm prime for my work day. What kind of coffee? So believe it or not, um, my parents live on Jekyll Island. It's a place I love to go, Jekyll Island, Georgia. And they have this, you can only get it on the island. It's called Jamaican Me Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> love it. It's, it's a Jamaican <laughs> coffee, but it is my favorite. So really? I absolutely love it. Okay. All right. There's a, is that, can you order it online? You might be able to. Um, that's a good question. I, I, I just have my parents get it, and then, you know, it's about an hour and a half right. for me, and we go up there all the time. We just love Jekyll Island. So. I'm going to check it out. I, I love coffee. I love loving coffee, and so I like, yeah. uh, I like playing with stuff. Journaling, you said 1 to 15 minutes. I mean, with that, we hear that a lot of times, but I'm curious as to the focal point structure or muse yeah. of your journaling. Yeah. So I've done a lot over the years. I've done what's called morning pages where you just write whatever, you know, is on your mind, just get rid of whatever, you know, sometimes it's that stinking thinking that you just got to get out on paper. I've done that, but probably more recently I've done Hyatt, Michael Hyatt's uh, full focus journal, and he's got seven or eight prompt questions. You know, how are you feeling right now? What's a win? What are you thankful for? Just really kind of checking in with yourself. It's not it's not too much writing. Uh, you know, I'm probably writing a sentence or two for every, you know, all eight questions. It takes me about 15 minutes, but just kind of helps me check in with myself. Then the book reading, I can make the assumption that that's not a Stephen King novel. Um, yeah, probably something different. What What's the genre usually? It's usually connected to some kind of self-development or leadership type material. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I'm reading one right now called Your Brain at Work. And um, it's been fascinating to kind of uh, read it and understand a little bit more about how our brain works and how we can be more productive when we understand how, um, how things work in our brain. So being a guy who was in traditional employment, then became self-employed, and now you are an advocate, I would say a purveyor of self-employment, entrepreneurialism, when you, you know, a lot of people can let that really overtake their lives. So what do you, do you have any specific things that you do to safeguard yeah. relationships? Well, you know, I work at home, so it's always making myself available um, at the same time, helping my family understand, uh, you know, when dad's got certain things he's got to do. Um, so I would say the relationship part, that that's one part. Um, the other way that I kind of structure my day, and maybe this will make a little bit more sense so we can get more into it if you want, is I, I kind of follow this idea of, of maker mornings, manager afternoons. Okay. And so for me, I find that I um, work best in the mornings, my creative work. So my writing or, um, you know, if, if I'm creating some content, if I'm putting stuff together, if I'm, if I'm creating a webinar, if I'm doing something that's required of me, that's in the mornings. The afternoons is more for, for meetings, appointments, podcast interviews like we're doing now, yeah. um, uh, communicating with my team, checking in with my family, those to be able to, to kind of compartmentalize those. 
helps me to be able to do what Cal Newport calls your deep work. Yeah. So your deep work for me is in the mornings and then afternoons is a little bit more fluid. It's open. And if I don't have anything on my schedule, I can just stop working for the day because, you know, after all, I'm the boss. So I can choose to do that. And is that, I mean, with your, so you, you have a lot of people in your organization. I mean, they are where you were. They're in traditional employment. They're looking to do something else. And I know habits and routines are such a big focal point. Do you provide kind of a structure to your yeah. audience? Yeah. So one of the things I did, and, and again, um, I think it also goes back to, um, you know, there's this thing out there. Um, it's called The Power of When, a book okay. where it talks about the four chronotypes and how all of us are wired a little bit differently. Um, but for me, uh, it, he uses different animals as an example. He talks about the lion. You know, the lion is the person who, who wakes up early in the morning and is ready to attack the day. So um, the structure that I like to teach for many people is what I used back when I was, because when I was doing the full-time recruiting thing, uh, when I had a traditional job, I was still 100% commission. So it's not like I could just go to work and work on my side hustle and expect everything to turn out okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I have to be on when I'm working at my job because you know, I don't get paid if something doesn't happen. So what I ended up doing, Kevin, that, um, that was helpful for me is I had a young family at the time. So like evenings and nights were out because my kids were young yeah. and I wanted to spend time with them. So the time that I found was six to eight o'clock AM and no one was calling me. Nobody was bothering wow. me. And literally I wrote on a sticky note, work for yourself first. So it was like an encouragement to me. It's actually where I started drinking coffee because I hated coffee before that, but I found that coffee helped <laughs> right. me to get going too. Yeah. And so that was helpful for me to like put down those pillars that these are 10 hours a week, two hours every morning that I could spend working for myself first to get to the place that I ultimately want to get to. And I found that that consistency uh, breeds momentum and you begin to build momentum when you start kind of putting that into play and deciding that this is the structure that I'm going to do and I'm going to follow it. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are, and in some places it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier, and Air Doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you don't love it just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code KEVIN and depending on the model you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code KEVIN. 
thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they were hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. Okay, so let me ask on that again because of the you know somewhat unique position that you are in and helping people through a transitional time of life from the norm, if we could say more the the norm of employment to the not as normal of of owning your own business and being an entrepreneur. Where do you find people, we look at habits and routines and we look at good structure and we look at the things that build success. Where do you find people, where's the biggest struggle for folks overall? Is that a fair question to ask you? Yeah. From a, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, it's, it's the premise of the book, Your Message Matters, is believing you have a message. So yeah. that's part one. But after people believe the message. I think the next thing is, is time. That's what I hear a lot about. Like, how do I carve out time? I don't have time. I'm too busy. And so having the ability to figure that out and owning that time is so critically important. Like you, you have to, and this is the way I try to describe it is you have to kind of treat it as a real business. Um, you have to s stop dabbling and start dominating and choose that. I'm going to treat this like a real business because it is, uh, it's not a, it's not a hobby. Um, it, it's, I mean, it can be, if you want it to be that, 
But most of the people that I'm trying to help, you know, they want to write, speak, teach, coach. They want to do something um, to influence others with a message. And so in that case, it, it's about, you know, what would you do if you were the best in the world at what you do? Yeah. You know, how would you handle your time if you were the best in the world at what you do? Considering all everything you got going on, it's... And it's, you know, I've listened to so many Zig Ziglar. I've, I've been in that automobile university. I've heard his stuff over and over and over again. I love that that whole concept where he talks about, uh, you know, uh, was it biscuits getting cooked in the squat? Yeah. People yeah. always getting ready. We're always getting ready. And it's like, before you know it, it's, it circles the whole year. Yeah. And it's back to the, the kids going back to school again. And yet we still haven't been intentional about it. And so I think it's, it's choosing to, to make that decision that I'm going to go pro. Yeah. And if I decide to go pro, what does that look like? Even in the context of a busy life, there's always a choice. There's always an option. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I, I think early on, especially in my own business endeavors, I wanted to be the rebel and buck the norm and, you know, do business in crazy ways or whatnot. And sometimes I look today and think I'm kind of boring. It does. It looks like, it looks like a real job. Basically. It's just, I found out it's just easier. This is, these are the times when most people are at work and when I need them, they're not available at 3 AM. If I think it's cool to work, then they're available at 3 PM. So I kind of work there. I go in, I do that. But back to what you said, I've gotten to where the majority of my work I love because I get to do what I do. I get to work in my giftings, in my abilities. So when you look just, just to you personally, when you look at the, again, like the spokes on the Ziggler wheel of life, where is there any area where would you say if you had to give affirmative action to you like ah that's an area that's not my biggest strong suit where is it for me it is recreation and like recreation hobbies you know probably um family and friends would be there as well but it's um you know it could even funny enough it could fit into that personal and self-care a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but, and here's why is because for me, and I don't know if you experience this, but um, if you love so much what you do, that when it comes to the weekends and everyone else has got their own thing, you, if you're not being checked, you gravitate towards back towards your work. Yep. And that's not always helpful. You need hobbies, you need friends, you need things to do that isn't related to your work. And so if there's one area that I've been trying to work better at, it's that. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and this Habits episode with Jonathan Milligan. Next, I have him get more into his personal pursuits and hobbies. Here are some resources I think you'll find of interest, then we'll get right back to it with Jonathan. You know, my dad, that was him for the majority of my life. I mean, what did he do? He worked. What was his hobby? His work. And he didn't really separate that. And it's been, I don't know how many years you would say, but you know, now, uh, they spend so much time at the house that they're, you know, moving from now, but doing the landscaping, doing the, some of the fun things there. And my mom has gotten into her art and they have these things that I didn't grow up seeing as well. So, yeah. so maybe your answer is you don't have a whole lot, but yeah, on the personal side. So if you've got to go do something just for you, just for fun for Jonathan, is there anything, a hobby or, uh, an outlet, an experience, a uh, entertainment that you gravitate mm-hmm. towards? 
So I was, I decided to be intentional at the beginning of this year to find something. And um, what I ended up falling on was something I loved to do when I was a kid, and it was collecting baseball cards. Really? So cool. when I was a little kid, my, my grandfather owned a hardware store. He actually owned three hardware stores in Indiana. But on Saturdays, he would allow me and my brothers, I'm the oldest of three boys, to come and set up a stand inside his store and sell baseball cards. And this was, you know, in the 80s back you know, when there was just, you know, the, the craze was happening around baseball and then basketball yeah. cards came around. Well, then as an adult, I came back around to it. And, um, you know, today it's much more sophisticated. Uh, it's much more around graded sports cards that you can invest in. And then, you know, that those cards go up in value and you can turn around and sell them. And so I found that uh, it was a great outlet because I, I grew up loving sports. And now it gives me reasons to cheer for certain people because, you know, their rookie card might double in value and I can turn around and, and, and sell that card if I choose to. And so it's been a great outlet for me as somebody who likes to be um, competitive and, and but do something attached to something like sports and sports card investing. Um, it's been a great, fun hobby yeah. for me to stop, help me stop thinking about my work all the time. Yeah, that's so interesting. All right, here's, here's, a, here's an oddball question I'm going to throw at you, Jonathan. I've never asked anybody specifically. Uh, but it came up yesterday. I was doing a show with Tom Ziegler. Man, I don't know what prompted. No, it was it was asking people about gratitude, like things that they were grateful for. Like the first thing that comes to your mind and uh, had one guy say it was his guitar. He had just bought a new guitar. And, oh, how he loved it. And I kind of resonated with it because I just did a, a getaway by myself and I did a lot of mountain biking. I, I have you know, I used to be a pro cyclist and I left it and didn't do much. And this year, I don't know what, man, I had the bug and I got a new mountain bike and I love that thing. For, so it's a material possession. And I told one of the, one of my kids was asked something. I said, man, you know, it is my favorite material possession. Uh, is that that bike, that piece of metal there that rolls. Uh, but I thought you know, this guy got me thinking about it because it can belie some other things, you know, some other interests. Is there that? Uh, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's your cars, but something that yeah. it's a material possession. You look at it, you go, oh, it just gives you joy. Crazy enough, it's, it's actually a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card because it was the rookie card as a kid I always wanted. I opened up so many packs of baseball cards never got this card. It was the card that all my friends wanted. Everybody wanted. It was like the card. And when I first got back into this, I said, you know what? I know it's from 1989, but I'm going to go buy a graded rookie card of the card I always wanted. Yeah. And so I still have that card today. And then on top of that, I think, it, you know, I think the other thing was, um, I spent a week or two with my parents up in Jekyll Island where they now live. And my, my dad used to buy uh, boxes of baseball cards for us to actually open up yeah. the wrappers and all that. And, um, I bought a box of cards when I was up there this past summer and we took turns opening up the cards and just sitting down there and looking through the cards. And it just brought me back to like when I was a kid, you know, 10 years old and my dad would bring home a box of cards for his boys to open. So yeah, it's, it's got a lot of meaning to it. That's, I, I have great appreciation for that. So just as we happen to be getting close to the end of the year and, you know, I find people like you, influencers, people with a message and people who have an intentional life 
the first of the year New Year's resolutions is not necessarily some big thing because you're doing that all year long. But it's still a relevant time. And I often find sometimes people are thinking of maybe an area of life that, OK, I, I, I want to advocate for this in the new year, personal business, whatever. Anything jump to mind for you? I mean, there's always I can give you a list of things uh, for me. Yeah. What's challenging me at the moment is leadership, um, okay. because as my as my business is growing, you know, what got you here is not going to always get you there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I started it by myself. Now we've got around 15, you know, employees that are doing things at, you know, different parts and different pieces and considering bringing on one or two more. And so for me, it is um, painting the vision, but then I need to develop myself to be a good leader. I can't just continue to do what I'm doing and allow people to to not be growing themselves or, or not making sure the right seats are on the right bus, right? Make sure they're, they're on, they're in the right place and, and, um, pouring into them, seeing them grow, uh, creating a good culture, all those things that, um, are challenging me. Whereas when I just did this by myself, it was just learning and doing things on my own. And so for me, I see that as the, the next level that is going to be a challenge, but that is um, that's where I'm trying to get, you know, build the right habits and get better at. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks for giving us a behind the scenes into uh, what makes Jonathan Milligan tick and bring forth a message that matters. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, friends, again, you can connect with Jonathan Milligan at jonathanmilligan.com, where you can find his book and more. Of course, you can find Your Message Matters wherever you buy books. Coming up in episode 844. So I listened to this clip from Zig Ziglar about how he works at his goals, and it got me to thinking about where we do and don't generally work at personal growth. We may set goals, but do we really work on them daily like a task? I mean, if I want to go faster on my mountain bike, I work out. I go on rides, short, long, slow, hard. I'm consistent. I track my progress. I just did this, as a matter of fact. I just came in from a ride. Am I this diligent with my goals, with what I say is most important in my life? So I posted this question on Facebook. If I snooped through your home, office, and car, what evidence would I find of you pursuing personal growth? Me too. And honestly, I had it in mind to wonder, is there enough evidence to convict you and me? Well, I posted the question, tons of responses, really, really interesting to hear what people say would convict them in essence is how I'm going to frame it. So I think you'll enjoy this one till then. Thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. Mm-hmm.